2: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the It's Always Game Day in Kansas City podcast. I am your host, Kayla I'm Joining me, as always, we've got my co-host Cody Tapp, and our producer Nick Schwartz. Cody, I think the other day I put a D on the end of your name. By the way, I re-listened to it, and I definitely did. Sorry about that.
1: Which, which, like, which E? Well, on the Cody or Tap, there's no there's no logical place to put a D in either of those names.
2: I said like tapped.
1: Tapped. Cody tapped.
2: Tap, that's yes. that's
1: that's how we when we in maybe it was episode. a T
2: a T a D. In know. fairness,
1: really the only things people ever do with my last name is the same thing everybody always does, which is like Happy Gilmore, and they talk about tapping it in, or they go tap water or tap dance. It's pretty <laughs> much the same. And you guys don't have fun <laughs> names for that at all. Kid, well, yeah, or tap the keg or whatever. Right. When depending on the age, Kneerum and Schwartz, there is no play on words. Those are those are those are out. I, I don't know how you finagle either of those into nicknames. It's got to be Nick of Time or we're out. That's that's our whole podcast can only make, make <laughs> funs off of my name.
2: All right. Well, and with that, guys, we are a few days removed from the Chiefs loss. We are in better spirits today. So let's talk through it. 48 hours later, how are we feeling?
1: Um, I mean, I still don't feel good. I'll say this. I'm still definitively convinced that they are better than the Colts. How they lost to that team is still annoying, but I know how it happened. Like, when it first happens, you're like, wait, how? None of this makes sense. But the special teams are the big reason why. The offense came up short in those moments. And then I'm starting to realize that the NFL is going to be a little bit like this until it regulates it. Last year, we had these big conversations about how the NFL uh, was adjusting to Mahomes. But now they're doing it to everybody. That's why league-wide scoring is way down. It's at a 10-year low for the first three games. So, I don't know, it makes me a little more forgiving of the fact that they struggled on offense a little bit. And I can't get over the fact that the Chiefs struggle on offense a lot of times is 400 total yards, a chance to score 30, but only managed to get 17. So, I'm not as overly panicked about the offense as you were coming right out of that game, but I still think it's going to take them a little while to get up there.
0: So, I'm not not worried that they lost to the Colts because I think... If you played that game nine more times, the Chiefs probably win eight of them. They probably don't have as many self-inflicted mistakes with the special teams or the uh, whatever flag they called on Chris Jones that probably shouldn't have been called. I guess what I'm, 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 I'm cautious about some of the things that we saw in Indianapolis and what that would look like versus a better team. Like if you played that game versus the Bucks or if you played that game versus the Bills or the Rams, what's the final score? Right, it's probably not a game where the Chiefs have a chance to at least uh, make a run at it with 18 seconds to go. It's probably not a a game where a team had to score in the final 2 minutes of the game just to take the lead. The Chiefs are a better team than the Colts, you're right Cody, but there's there's a few things that I sort of I just want to monitor, right? There's a good cliche for you. Something to monitor moving forward (laughs) in terms of
1: like, what would that look like against a real team? I know, but here's like, the thing is like in the NFL, this happens all the time. Like Miami beat Buffalo. Miami let up like 400 yards passing to Josh Allen and like 600 yards total. Had a butt punt at the end to give a safety. Their quarterback was 13 of 18 for 186 yards. You're like, oh, they must have run the ball a lot. Their leading rusher had eight carries for 11 yards. The actual yardage leader had six carries for 21 yards. Like, they didn't run the ball well. They didn't pass the ball well. The only thing you would have to clean up to me, Nick, to, like, be in there sometimes is not screw up epically bad on the special teams. And honestly, I'm not even sure a special teams performance like that is – I'm not even sure they're capable of being that bad again. That was not just bad. That was every single thing going wrong all at once. I I don't know. Anytime you get like you get past the Chiefs game and then you watch some other teams play and you're reminded that they're not quite that bad. Like if you watched any part of the Sunday or Monday night games, you're like, okay, yeah, that's bad offense. Got it. Noted. Um, the Chiefs struggled for a little bit against the Colts while moving the ball and didn't complete some of those drives. But I've seen bad offense in the NFL, and there's certainly not that.
2: Okay, we're going to talk through everything that concerned us the other day and see how we're feeling now. Starting with special teams, guys. Matt Amendola got the boot, by the way, no pun intended. How do we feel about this?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, they just they just signed the Jaguars' cut kicker, so the same. No, like, it's not like wrong.
0: Why it's the better? Mo- you feel better? Matt Amendola was the most ripped kicker in the NFL, and now <laughs> he's without a home. They're, that that's unjust. Did you see some of the pictures that came out of him? I, by the way, shirtless, that is washboard abs. I'm, the Chiefs had the Chiefs had one of the most handsome kickers in the NFL, and they just kicked him to the curb after know, one bad I,
1: game. Well, I know, but but they already have a handsome kicker. They're not worried about the handsome rankings of their <laughs> kicking crew. And I, there are certain positions on the field that being that in shape actually concerns me. Like with kicker. Now, nah, I want you to almost look like you smoked a pack. And it just like a little out of shape and out of breath just going out there. Or like lean to the point where it'd be like, you know, you'd look less gangly if you put a little weight on. We saw a couple of pictures of Matt Amendola. I'm like, Jesus, dude. Kick the ball some more. Lift a few less weights and we might have a different conversation about your, your part of the team. I think the only part that concerns me is Sky Moore. The only thing coming out of there is like, well, um, maybe she'll let someone else return kicks. But as a reminder, the two people who would return punts after Sky Moore on the team are McCall Hardman who's hurt and Trent McDuffie, who they had to do it in training camp also hurt. So it's probably going to be sky Moore. They're not going to just give that punt return job to somebody else right now. The two other guys they had in mind for the job aren't able to do the role. I think if you're making me pin one thing on the special teams that I'm worried about going forward, it's that, but eventually Butker will come back. See, I I actually, I agree with you, but like Butker will come back.
0: I'm convinced that every team has a guy on it that, Worst comes to worst, just throw him back there. He can return punts for you all year. Like McCole Hardman can be your punt returner for the next 14 games and you won't have any issues. My concern is more with the kicker, actually, because first off, we have no signs whatsoever. Like Harrison Buck could be back this week. That'd be great. But he also has had an ankle injury that has kept him out for the better part of two and a half games. And for two of those against the Chargers and the Colts, like you kind of needed him. You kind of needed your starting kicker to be out. You'd have won the
1: game if you had Butker.
0: Yep. It's, it's the coach. first time. It's the first time in my life where I was like, wow, kickers really actually matter in a Patrick <laughs> Mahomes led Chiefs team. But it's so true. Like we always see them as like, a, it's nice to have a kicker. It's not a huge thing. The last two games have made me appreciate Harrison Butker I and
1: mean, appreciate kickers in general more
0: than I ever thought I would.
2: All right. Moving right along to the offensive line.
1: Well, Nate Taylor from The Athletic was on our show yesterday, and he said he thinks Orlando Brown Jr. is hurt, which honestly oh. would, which in a, well, he's been on the injury report with the knee, and he thinks that that's affecting his performance, which in a weird way would make me feel better because that's better than him just being bad at offensive line now, which is what he has been the last two games. If the knee is impacting his ability to guard the speed rush, then okay um the bigger concern i guess is that they just they haven't really been on the same page and for an offensive line that was together last year i I don't really know why that's happening um i still have questions about why that's happening but i thought that they were could be one of the best offensive lines in the nfl and if it's just as simple as orlando brown jr gets right again over a couple of weeks as a knee slowly heals i guess it's like Above my concern for the special teams, but not probably what we'll get to in a minute, my concern for the wide receivers. I'm worried about it because they're not as strong of his offensive line as I thought. But despite that, guess who escapes it all the time? Mahomes. He is, this is a silly metric. I know people don't always dig into the big analytic stats. Nick will probably vouch that I get into him a little bit too much. He is the number one quarterback in the NFL at sack prevention right now. Nobody's better at preventing himself from getting sacked than Patrick Mahomes. So, As long as he's back there, I guess, you know, the offensive line can struggle a little bit and they can make it up for it. So the Orlando Brown Jr. stuff is interesting because
0: for this season, he's not even close to my biggest concern. Any conversation around Orlando Brown is long-term, right? Because you go back to last offseason, you let Tyreek Hill go, with the assumption that you're doing so because you're going to try and work out a long-term deal with Orlando Brown. So in terms of this year, unless he's an absolute liability, which I don't think he's going to be, my concerns don't really lie with him. It's more of what you said, which is, I don't care if I have a star left tackle as long as I have a solid offensive line. And after the Super Bowl loss to the Bucs two years ago, that was sort of the offseason mantra, which is we are going to retool this offensive line. And for better parts of last year, we thought this was one of the top five to ten units in the league. Going into this year, we thought, theoretically, this could be, one of the top three offensive lines in the NFL. It has not even been close to that. It hasn't even been an above average offensive line. So it's more about this was your plan and it's not working out. Why is that? You're right. I got, we, the three of us aren't going to sit here and break down the offensive line play and tell you exactly why they're not playing that well. Or if there's reason to be optimistic that they're going to get it figured out, all we can do is sort of watch and hope and talk to people that actually know what they're talking about when it comes to offensive lines Speak for
2: yourself, Nick. Okay, go ahead. Uh, floor's yours. <laughs> we don't have time today, sorry. Okay. Tell us a little yeah. bit about
1: hand technique in relation to <laughs> interior pass rush. By the way, those are just things I also don't know what any of that means. I just say that based on like what, that, that's one of my favorite things that happened, I'm sorry, least favorite, but favorite when it happens all the time is one person today on Twitter posted a video where Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they thought didn't cut back into a run gap. And then like, 15 NFL offensive linemen were like that was the offensive line's fault he couldn't have cut back that way they let way too much penetration they did this and you're like okay yep everyone's an amateur film analyst and we should probably ignore most of those people and even the odds of linemen didn't always agree so you're like wait none of us know it's a mystery
0: well two things there Cody first off You can make any player look bad or good by doing the little screen grabs of the all 22 film. I'm sorry. That doesn't make you a film expert. And the second off is without knowing anything about offensive line play, all we have to go off of for every team in the NFL is what they do, like what their blueprint is for success. And we know this about the chiefs. We know this, that their blueprint right now is we got a $500 million quarterback quarterback We have invested in the offensive line. We have the highest paid left guard in the league. We went out and traded a first round pick for a left tackle. We spent a second round pick on a center. They invested in the offensive line. And if you invest in something, you expect to get return. And through three games, it's a small sample size. But through three games, it's been less than advertised. And so that to me, like moving forward, I don't know how to evaluate it. But moving forward, like that is the thing I am going to have my eyes like keenly in tune to is, is this offensive line performing up to our expectations? Because if they're not, somebody else is going to have to pick up the slack. And maybe that's Patrick Mahomes, and maybe that's a good bet. But
1: that's still the reality for this Chiefs offense.
2: Maybe it's our wide receivers, which brings me to my next topic.
1: Um, if it's a concern ranking through the other two, it's, it's worrisome. Mm-hmm. Um, for real, worrisome. The other two are like they'll get better because the offensive line, Nick. You know, it's they've been less than advertised, but they don't stink. They're not the worst offensive line in the NFL. They're not back there trying to get Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert killed. They're fine. They just haven't been as good as we thought that they were going to be. And with the special teams, I do think that the problem will eventually be solved when their all pro cor- their all pro kicker shows back up. The wide receivers. If you had in any way convinced yourself that there was some glowing growth inside of it. Because the whole thought was Tyreek Hill's gone. They'll get 80% or 70% of Tyreek Hill with Juju Smith-Schuster. And they'll be so much better, 3, 4, and 5. You won't notice that 30% every day. But right now, 3, 4, and 5 are guys all pacing for 600. Two of them are pacing for like 400 and 600 yards receiving. And the other one is Sky Moore, and he doesn't exist. So they're not as deep as they thought they were. Or they aren't as deep yet. Again, I mentioned Nate Taylor the Athletic earlier. This is prevalent to the conversation, but he said he'll think it'd be November before they involve Sky Moore. And if you're going to think, well, the Chiefs don't trust rookies, think again. Jeremy Macklin had 800 yards receiving for Andy Reid as a rookie. Um, McCole Hardman had 600 yards receiving. Right now, Sky Moore is on pace for like 140. So it's. It's a bit concerning that they would be there. And, and you know, it's, it's not that it can't be there. I hope Sky Moore's role grows. Juju's been fine. Um, I don't have any big complaints about him. But MVS is the same guy we got in there. So it just, it, it I'm more concerned about them than anything else. Because, again, it, it the offense feeling like the thing you got to fix is actually kind of a nice thing, isn't it? Doesn't that make us all feel good? Knowing that the defense has not been the problem child for the first time in how long? How long is it that we didn't start a podcast saying that the trouble (laughs) might have been on defense? It's been a long time. So I guess I'm more open to the idea that the offense can fix itself.
2: You know, who's not concerned guys, this girl, the season, the season is young. And so are we, we're going to be fine.
1: You're just zero worries about, okay. So if you had to choose one (laughs) though, Kayla, if it's wide receivers, if it's special teams, if it's offensive line, just, just give me a quick one through three of most and least concerned. We understand that you're not very concerned, but What's the most concerning and the least concerning?
2: Least concerned about special teams, especially once we get Bucker back. Um, mm, then we'll go wide receivers and we'll go offensive line.
0: I actually agree with that listing, Kayla.
2: Okay. I'm like, Thank you,
0: listen, Nick.
2: we're aligned. <laughs> like,
0: I think the wide receivers, this is a weird way of putting it, but like, I think the wide receivers are worse than I expected, but I also. If the other things fix themselves, like if the offensive line is top five in the league, won't matter. Which maybe, maybe that's not the case. Yeah. No. You have the number one quarterback in the NFL. If you have a top five offensive line and a number one quarterback, wide receivers are going to get open eventually because they're, they're, they're going to have time. And if you give Patrick Mahomes enough time to read the field, he's going to find an open guy. Doesn't need four open guys. No. Just needs one.
1: It's funny with three games, Nick, the way, like, I mean, you're pointing out, Things like, because we, we you know, like podcasting, we're doing three shows a week and it's early in the season, so it's easy to overreact. It's like, I don't, I mean, if he hits MVS for that touchdown and Juju Smith-Schuster still finishes with 80 yards, it'd have been a little harder for us to probably come on this podcast and be like, the wide receivers stink. They can't get open. But I did see MVS open a bunch in that game, but that's not really his job. That, that part with MVS is... um expectation versus reality to me is big with any player is if you had some delusion that MVS was going to come into Kansas city and he was going to be an 850 yard wide receiver, even after he had clearly proven the type and level of wide receiver he was in green Bay, then you're probably mad with the production you've gotten. If you had realistic expectations that he was exactly the wide receiver you saw in green Bay, then he's been fine. He's been as advertised. McColl's a little bit dinged up. Maybe that was part of the problem for who, why he's had a slow start. And we can all just hope that Sky more eventually becomes a part of the offense. Cause right now they're only four wide receivers deep. Cause Justin Watson only has the one catch too.
2: Quick question for you guys before we move on. Obviously when we were recording our Monday pod on Sunday, we were in the middle of that chargers game. Did that beat down by the Jags make us feel a little bit better? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell
1: yeah. And watching the Raiders lose. Ah, the Broncos should have lost too. That would have made it That was painful. Good, but
2: oh my gosh.
0: I mean, seriously, the Bills lost. The Chargers lost. The only teams that in the the that you you would feel good good coming out out of Sunday are the Ravens and the Dolphins. And those are the two teams... The Ravens maybe are a step above the Dolphins just because they've been around for the last couple of years, but those are still two teams that are in kind of the prove-it mode. Right? Those are the two teams that are kind of like, well... The Ravens, you had the one good year in 2020, and then you fell off in the playoffs last year, injury riddled. We're still waiting to see it. With the Dolphins, it's been three games. So the two teams you are most afraid of coming into the season, the Bills and the Chargers. Chargers are one and two. The Bills have had had just had a game against the Dolphins where we don't understand. We cannot understand how they lost.
1: They also have a ton of injuries, the Bills. So do the Chargers.